0: Chapter 25 of Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey by Ingersoll Lockwood. Chapter 25 A Sleepless Night for Bulger and Me, and What Followed It. Interview with King Gelidus my request and his reply what all took place when i learned that the king and his counsellors had decided not to grant my request strange tumult among the colty and how his frigid majesty stilled it and some other things not only had i been unable to sleep but by my tossing about i had kept poor dear bulger awake so that when morning came we both looked haggard enough i felt as if i had been through a fit of sickness and no doubt he did too at any rate i had no appetite for the heavy meat diet of the kulti Quirps, and seeing me refuse my breakfast bulger did likewise i had promised Schnibulé to come early to the palace for she had a number of questions which she wished to ask me concerning the upper world good morning little baron she cried in her sweetest tones as i entered the throne-room didst sleep well last night on the new pelt which papa sent thee i was about to make a reply when Schnibulé's hand coming in contact with mine for we had both removed our gloves in order to shake hands she uttered a piercing scream and drawing back stood there blowing her breath on her right palm as she exclaimed again and again firebrand firebrand in an instant king gelidus and a group of his councillors drew near and pulling over their gloves one after the other laid his hand in mine glowing coals cried his frigid majesty tongue of flame roared frosty fizz boiling water groaned glacier boy red hot hissed icicle thou must leave the palace at once half pleaded king Gelidus. it would simply be madness for me to permit such a firebrand to remain within the walls of the royal residence the intense heat of thy body would be sure to melt a hole in its wall ere the sun goes down the royal councillors again drew off their gloves and laid hands upon poor bulger when a second alarm even wilder than the first was sent up and we were hastily escorted back to our lodging-house no doubt dear friends you will be somewhat mystified upon reading these words but the explanation is easy owing to worriment and lack of sleep bulger and i had awakened in a highly feverish condition and to the colty corpse we had really seemed to be almost on fire but our fever left us toward night hearing which king Gillidas sent for us and did all in his power to entertain us with song and dance in both of which snibule was very skilled finding that his frigid majesty was in such a rosy humour if i may be allowed to speak that way of a person whose face was almost as white as the alabaster lamps over his head i determined to ask him for permission to cleave asunder the icy cell of the little man with the frozen smile and ascertain if possible from the collar which made up apparently of gold and silver coin was clasped around his neck to whom he had belonged and where his home had been no sooner had i preferred my request than i noticed that the white face of the royal gelidus parted with its smile and took on a terribly icy look methought i could look through the tip of his nose as though an icicle and methought too that his ears shone in the light of the alabaster lamps like sheets of crystal ice and that his voice as he spoke puffed into my face like the first flakes of a coming snowstorm, i quickly repented me of my rash action but it was too late and i determined to stand by it little baron spoke royal gelidus in icy tones never a heartbeat in a kingly breast that was purer and colder than mine freer from the warmth of selfishness with not a single hot corner for its ire or anger to nestle in or for weakness or folly to make their hiding-places for thousands of years my people have inhabited this icy domain and breathed this pure cold air and never yet hath one desired to strike an axe of flint into the walls of that crystal prison however little baron there may be some warm corner in my heart wherein cold and limpid wisdom may not be at home therefore come to me to-morrow for my answer meanwhile i'll take counsel with the coolest brains and coldest hearts about me if they see no harm in thy request thou mayest crack open the crystal gates that have for so many centuries shut the man-like creature in his silent cell and take him forth in order to study the mystic words graven on his collar but upon the strict condition that in cleaving open his house of crystal my quarrymen so apply their wedges of flint as to break the block into two equal pieces that when thou hast read what may be there the two parts be closed upon the little man again edge fitting edge like a perfect mould so exactly that to the eye no sign of line or joint be visible dost promise little baron that this shall be as to our royal will it seems meet that it should be i promised most solemnly that the crystal cell of the little man with the frozen smile should be opened and closed exactly as his frigid majesty had directed it would be hard for me to tell you dear friends how happy i went to rest that night upon my icy divan and how as the timely flame of my alabaster lamp shed its soft glow upon the walls of ice i lay there turning over in my mind the strange and mysterious pleasure which was soon to fall to my lot when the quarrymen of king gelidus should send their wedges of flint in this glorious block of ice and cleave it asunder even don Fum master of masters had never dreamed of receiving a message from the people who lived in the very childhood of the world and in anticipation already i enjoyed the splendid triumph which would be mine when i came to lecture before the learned societies upon the mysterious lettering on the curious collar clasping the neck of the little man with the frozen smile imagine my anguish then dear friends upon receiving a message from king gelidus the next day that his counsellors had with one voice decreed against the opening of the crystal prison which stood in Schneebulay's grotto. I was as if smitten with some sudden and awful ailment. I had never felt until that moment how keen the tooth of disappointment could be. I shivered first with a chill that made me brother to the Colty corpse, and then I burned with a fever so raging that a wild rumour spread through Gelidus's icy domain that I was setting fire to the very walls and roof with wild outcries and faces drawn with nameless dread the subjects of his frigid majesty rushed pell-mell up the wide flights of stairs leading to the palace of ice and pleaded for the king to show himself in cold and frigid majesty gelidus walked out upon the platform and listened to the prayers of his people we shall burn they cried our beautiful homes will fall about our ears these crystal steps will melt away and all these fair columns and arches and statues and pedestals will turn to water and empty themselves into the lower caverns of the earth the great window of our sky will fall with awful crash upon our heads putting an end for ever to this fair domain of crystal splendour o oh, gelidus haste thee haste thee ere it be too late let the little baron have his way before bitter disappointment transforms his body and limbs into tongues of flame to lick up this magnificent palace in a single night and dash its thousand alabaster lamps to the ground a heap of shards, no fragment matching its brother fragment, but all a wretched mass of worthless matter. King Gelidus and his frosty counsellors saw that it would be useless to attempt to reason with the people, and therefore turning toward them, he coldly waved his chilly right hand, and with an icy smile spoke frostily as follows. "'Go, coldly to your homes, and be happy. What think you, have I a heated brain?' Doth my heart steam with foolishness that you should think me capable of wishing harm to the tiniest colty that spins his top of ice in my fair kingdom? Go to your homes, I say. The little baron is already cooling off, for he hath my full consent to cleave asunder the crystal prison of the little man with the frozen smile. There is nothing to be frightened about my children. So eat hearty suppers and sleep soundly to-night, for my royal word for it, by to-morrow morning the little baron will cease to be the least bit dangerous to the peace and welfare of our icy kingdom a good cold night to you all in a short half-hour the panic-stricken colty Corps were all back in their homes again and when a messenger came from king delidas to measure my temperature he found such a great improvement that he opened his chilly heart and sent me a beautiful present from his treasure-house to wit a small block of ice clearer than any gem i had ever seen in the heart of which lay a glorious red rose in fullest bloom each velvet petal opened out eagerly upon consulting my diary i found that it was just six months to a day since i had left castle trump and the loved ones sheltered by its time-worn tiles and cold as was the covering of this thrice beautiful child of the upper world i clasped it to my breast and shed tears and this was the way it came about dear friends that king delidus and his frosty counsellors were brought to give their consent to my cleaving asunder the icy prison wherein lay the little man with the frozen smile End of chapter twenty five